I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. We are here with Felix Salmon, America's Most British Man, uh, to talk about Brexit. I'm Felix Salmon, and I've lived in the United States for 20 years. Don't call me America's Most British Man. I can think of, just honestly, turn up at Soho House any day of any week, and you will find 100 more British men than me. Isn't it people like you that the Brexit revolt was about? That yes. all these people in England are sick of you? Yeah. It is very easy to understand how real people in England, like real England, not London, just are completely fed up with it, especially with all of the money and all of the power and all of the influence being concentrated in London. Now they're just this afterthought in a country which is itself something of an afterthought in the European Union. And they revolted against it. And I completely understand why. I just am so disgusted at a lot of the racism which was behind the vote and also just heartbroken at the fact that the United Kingdom has voted itself into complete irrelevance and is just going to be this pathetic little island off the coast of Europe from now on in. But is that, is that right? I mean, we saw that you know, there was huge stock market reaction on the day the vote happened, and then there's been a really strong rebound, especially in global markets, even in British markets, that looks to a lot of people like a rethink of maybe this wasn't such a big deal. I realize the financial markets aren't everything, but no, they are but in, they're think, an indicator of economic I think uh, you're prospects. looking at the wrong markets, Josh. The, this is the number one mistake that American financial journalists tend to make is that they look at the stock market, which tells you very little, rather than the, the bond, bond or the market. foreign exchange markets, which tell you a lot. Stocks are equities, and they are about the value of companies and bonds tell you more about the value the the value of a sovereign bonds tell you something about the overall growth prospects of the economy when interest rates are high it means that lots of people want capital right now and they have to pay a lot to get it and that's because they expect the economy will be bigger in the future than it is now when economic growth prospects are poor and it doesn't make a lot of sense to invest in things capital's not in demand and that causes interest rates to be low because there's plenty of money around you don't need to pay a premium to get money now people aren't that keen to build stuff to try to get profits out of it later in bond markets when you see that government bond interest rates fall, that can be a negative sign about the long-term prospects of an economy, even when stocks What are it's telling us is that we are getting – our economy is moving more and more slowly and that we're growing at a slower you – know, we're growing at a slower rate. It's and, sad. And if you want a prime example of the stock market is not the economy, then just look at the Brexit vote. The UK stock market was doing fine, but – that doesn't mean that England was doing fine or that Britain was doing fine. Right now, if you're using the stock market as a proxy of some kind of global health or intelligence, you're out of your freaking mind because this thing makes no sense. Uh, can, can we talk a little about currency stuff? So after the Brexit vote, the pound fell like crazy. Why does Brexit mean that people sell the pound? Because no one has any reason to believe that Britain is going to be an interesting or attractive place to invest for the foreseeable future. No one knows what kind of access Britain is going to have to the rest of the world. And in the face of that uncertainty, no one wants to invest in Britain. And if no one wants to invest in Britain, no one's going to want to buy pounds. And if no one's going to want to buy pounds, then you should be selling your pounds. So do you want to hold them? No. The other thing is if you have two countries and the economy is stronger in one than in the other. You need an adjustment, right? So, like, people in the country with the weaker economy need to consume less stuff, make more stuff to export to the rich country so they can go to work doing something. 
the way you do that adjustment is currency levels move. So when the pound falls relative to the euro, that makes it more attractive to situate your factory in the UK because real wages are lower because you get to pay people in pounds. And you don't have to pay them as many euros. Yeah, I think um, you're, living, you're living be, yeah, in econo this is, is utopia. Like, yeah, this is like you're living in ti- inside of like a, a, a an economics experiment, like a perfect model. If the pound is going to keep dropping or you don't know what's going to happen, you're not going to situate your business there. No corporate CEO would make that decision. At the right price, you situate your business there. No. No. There's still a large internal market. It's not it's not it's it's this is not a good economic event for Britain. But this is the thing that has not happened in continental Europe over the last 15 years. Because of the euro, you can't have these internal adjustments. That's why you have 23 percent unemployment in Spain forever, because Spain has not had the devaluation that it needed. The point that Lynette and I are making is that devaluation alone gets you bupkis without that certainty. I'm I'm telling you this because this is what everyone in Wall Street on Wall Street is talking about. This is what company CEOs are talking about. Do we stay? What's the uncertainty? What's the tail risk? They don't live inside this per- perfect model. They live they live inside a world where they have to make business decisions and know what's coming out four quarters ahead of time. And if you are taking your business to a place where you can't tell me that and you can't tell investors that, it's just you're not going to do it. What does the falling pound mean for ordinary British people? I mean, people sort of look at when people do look at currency markets, I feel like the first simplistic view is basically like strong is good, weak is bad. I don't like when my currency falls. That's not always right. So, you know, if you're if you're a British person looking at the falling pound, on the one hand, that means lower purchasing power for you. It makes oil more expensive. Anything that's imported, you have to pay more for. So that's a fall in your real income. On the other hand, that should make the UK a more competitive exporter. Now, they're going to have this issue of where do they have good market access? What's the future of the single market? But on the other hand, the simple shift in the pound makes their products more affordable. That might mean job creation in the UK. It might actually mean strengthening for their export industry. Except, They're like no, trolling like, Felix right now. All things being equal, if Britain were to stay in the EU, but there was a devaluation in the pound, then yes, that would probably help British exporters and might even create jobs in the UK. But all things are not equal. And British exporters are going to have a much harder time of things, the weaker pound notwithstanding, because no one knows what Britain's trade position is going to be like once we leave the EU. And the politicians in the UK, like David Davies and even Boris Johnson, who are deluding themselves that Britain's going to be able to sign like incredibly advantageous uh, trade agreements with the rest of the world, are going to realize very quickly that the rest of the world is in no hurry to sign trade agreements with them. And that if and when they do get around to those negotiations, they're going to basically dictate terms to Britain, who's going to have to take whatever it gets. And it's not going to be advantageous to Britain at all. So why why should that necessarily be the case? Australia is, you know, is an independent island country off in the middle of nowhere that is wealthy and prosperous and that has trade relations with other Australia countries. Australia is like Brazil. It's a commodities export. The, the thing that the UK does in terms of exports is that mostly what it exports, or a very large part of what it exports, is financial services. And it has this thing called passporting, which basically says that whatever transactions get done in the UK are, you know, are valid across all of Europe. And the first thing that goes when the UK leaves the EU is passporting. Basically, what I'm saying is that it's going to be much, much less attractive for financial services companies to do that financial servicing 
in the London. UK. And so what you're going to see is much less in terms of exports, not much more. And it really doesn't matter what the value of the pound is. It was great to see you. Thank you, Lena. I know you don't mean it. What? Of course <laughs> not. I'll see you guys around. Great to see you, Felix. Bye, Felix. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 